It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me on the show today is Dean Delisle founder and CEO of Forward Progress, Inc., and we're going to talk about something sort of new in sales. We're going to talk about social teaming. And Dean, welcome to Accelerate. Great. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. This, I'm, I'm excited about this uh, segment for sure. Oh, good. Well, likewise, excited to have you on the show. So take a minute, may fill out that brief introduction I gave. I mean, you're, we could start by saying that you have a big smile on your face still because you're a Cubs fan. And, <laughs> right. And <laughs> for sure. Still the afterglow of the World Series is, is uh, on you. Yeah. So um, with, uh, you know, with Forward Progress, uh, you know, I started that company 13 or this company, I should say, uh, 13 years ago. And uh, we've we've always been rocking it and been thought leaders in the digital space. Uh, however, I always saw a need wherever, you know, I've always been in technology my whole life mm-hmm. and, I, and always found a need where whatever you do with technology and with people, that there needs it to be an element of education that goes with that. In fact, I noticed on, you know, your site, you have, you know, training, online training and sure. education. And it's just such a big part. And and especially when digital and social media came out, I was like, uh, well, man, people, you know, this stuff is changing like every minute. People need a need a source. They need a mechanism to by which they can learn and, and figure things out. And so uh, so what we did is we generated another brand called Social Jack, which is at socialjack.com. And, and there's hundreds of classes and there's coaching sessions and there's there's thought leaders that come on with us. And so we created this environment in our own social network so that our clients uh, and people had a place to go so that they could learn. And uh, so we generated that. And uh, so we created that. It started out as this little thing and sort of took off. And now we're developing mobile apps and and things like that. But the essence of, of what we're driving into is, is what you were calling out is uh, social teaming, which is uh, new and not new to a lot of people. Sure. Well, I mean, let's let's sort of start there, and then we can break it down. So, sure. Let's start with social selling because it's sort of the heart of, of oh, what yeah. you talk about. Is so in your mind, what's what's the biggest myth about social selling? Well, I think the biggest myth about social selling is so many people think, uh, like anything else, it was almost like when CRM came about. It's like, well, I'm going to buy this package, and then I'm automatically going to get more sales, or I'm going to get more leads. And uh, just because you get a, you know, you, you generate a LinkedIn account and you put up a profile, or you know, you're gonna you're gonna buy this package or this upgrade or this add-on, doesn't mean you're magically going to get business. So I think that's the biggest myth, is that people think because uh, LinkedIn sort of coined social social selling and everybody else, you know, that was, you know, doing social media and helping people with conversion and sales, uh, you know, went to the next level and said, well, we're all doing social selling. And so, uh, and I'm guilty as such, you know, I, I labeled my stuff that way. And so it was, uh, the biggest myth is that you can buy something or you can log into something and then you're automatically going to get sales. And it just doesn't work that way. No, no, rarely works that way. <laughs> or else you and I would be busy just logging in and getting sales. Yes, and not, that's right. There'd be no need for the show. We'd be calling it the login show. <laughs> right, instead exactly. Of Accelerate. So uh, then we'd all be concerned about carpal tunnel. So, okay. So you really sort of turn things a little bit on its head in 
a lot of what you talk about is is that you focus on instead of social selling, you talk about social buying. And this is this is a we don't hear people really talk about social buying. And I think it's a great thing to spend some time on is because yeah, there is a flip side to social selling. <laughs> it's it's not even it's not even really the opposite side of the coin. It's almost like a different coin altogether. And and let's you had some research you cite that I thought was really interesting. We should go into. I mean, you yes. talk about seventy five percent of execs. Let's start with seventy five percent of execs that make purchase decisions use social media as a resource. Right. So uh, you know, so there's been a lot of these studies done, and we've been in the B two B space, you know, forever. And so what happens, you know, we actually back. Yeah, I always like to say back in the day. Now I give my age away, right? So uh, back in the day, we we I, I had coined a term called opportunistic positioning, and it, and it really is about what you know, social buying is. It, it means that we have something to sell. You have something to sell. Everybody that's listening has something to sell. And then there's ideal buyers on the other side of the coin. And really what matters is what does the buyer want to buy? Exactly. And and, and what people do inevitably, uh, which is always a, sort of a pet peeve of mine, is that they 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 talk about their product and themselves and what they have and it's just there's no matchup or regard for those buyers and what we've always worked hard is even before social networks is about having people connect to enough people around them so that they could find out who was buying what they had and make sure they were speaking in a language that the buyer understood. And I know that may have sound complex, but it's really at its core simplicity is what social buying is. It's it's people that are connected that trust others to make recommendations and they are looking for something. And so instead of picking up the phone and saying, who do you recommend? Who do you recommend? Now people are going on to social media and searching for somebody and saying, you know, oh, you know, Steve Smith is connected to Bob Jones and, and you know, connected to Stacy over here. And I know these people. I'm going to ask them about this product or this service and see if it's a, a good trusted source. And that's really the essence of social buying is really trusting your network, utilizing social networks or people within your network. You don't even have to go online to, to actually have it work and getting a strong recommendation because people don't give out bad recommendations. Otherwise, they become a bad source and people will stop going to them. Well, yeah, let's let's sort of qualify the bad recommendations. The bad recommendations, recommendations that are faulty, as opposed right. to saying bad things about vendors. Hopefully, if they had a bad experience with a vendor, they would give a bad recommendation. But it, or I guess that's a not a, re- a recommendation. It's I guess it's an oxymoron to say a bad recommendation. But but yeah, I mean people have their own reputation to worry about. But I thought it was interesting. You're citing again the research that that this thing. I think that most sellers really don't focus on is, you know, they only lore, think about the social from the aspect of making their connections to start their conversations. And they're not thinking about the conversations that that their customers are having. And that it seems like based on, I think it was IDC was saying that a lot of this research that, that the buyer decision makers doing really are coming later in the sales cycle. Well, right. And well, and what they're doing is they're validating. So uh, what we found, and and again, this 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 you know goes as far back as I can remember. Do you, I don't know if you remember the saying, you know, you can't um, you can't go wrong or you can't lose your job by buying IBM. You know, that used I, to be I, the thing. I back, was victimized right? by that numerous times. <laughs> victimized. So um, so what we're saying is that that person 
that you're providing your whatever to, their job is on the line. Even if they're a business owner, you know, their reputation for making good or bad decision is on the line. And so what we found is is we found that, you know, even if there's a vetting process and a vendor shootout and whatever whatever it is that's getting bought or sold in corporate America, right at the very end, people are still doing that final validation of like, well, who am I really going to work with? And so what they're doing is they're taking the, the and, and we, we see this because we coach our clients to do it is they will take the people within the company that are going to be on the project or on the product and they will actually use their social network to make that final decision you know if it comes down to two or three vendors they're like well how are we connected and are these good reliable sources and then see who they're connected to and they'll validate it you know and so it's not just you know based on a great website or great content it's also about having great people connected to the next deal. Right. And you're also making the point that that it seems to be the research pointing out that that the purchase make purchase decision makers that are really active and social actually carry more influence within their companies. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, and we even see it on the career side. So, as we're you know we uh, we provide uh, uh, courses and and training and coaching around social selling, but also career advancement, which you know is is almost identical. And as we're coaching, whether it's our university students or it's professionals, and they want to get promoted within the company, you're now starting to see social business and social cultures affect this. And what people are finding is when they do that final vetting or that final search, they, you know, historically would go outside to their professional friends that they would find or other people at their peer level and say, what do you think about this group? What do you think about this company? I see that you're connected to so-and-so and and do that as an external process. And now because, you know, people are becoming more of a, a knitted culture socially, they're now starting to able to go inside and walk down the hall and say, hey, I saw you're connected to this company or you're connected to these people. What do you think? We're thinking about making a buying decision here. So you're starting to see that where it used to be external and now it's internal. Hmm. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for, for obviously for hires. Um, and, you know, that that's, you know, seems fairly straightforward. But that's sort of interesting. You're seeing that more now on internal purchase decisions where you're checking your, your social <laughs> right. network internal. Right. It makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, it's it's for years companies have tried to sort of inventory skill sets, right? Skill sets and resources of companies of employees, excuse me. But now LinkedIn basically has done that for them, is what you're saying. Absolutely, and it's not just for product. It's like you said, it's for hiring people too. It's a great recruiting source of, and and it creates a stronger team, you know, culture and structure within the company. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk then about buying or excuse me, selling social teaming, which. Right. Uh, and I hadn't really heard the the term before becoming familiar with you and what you were doing. So, may I explain to people what social teaming is. Right. Well, what was interesting is when you uh, when we started talking, you had said, "Well, you know, we were talking about the Cubs a little bit and how you'd grown up uh, following the the Brewers up in Wisconsin, and uh, we had that cool conversation." And what was interesting is I had been uh, following and around sports uh, most of my life, most of my career, a variety of sports. And and what I studied or started studying uh, several decades ago, again, there I am aging myself, 
uh, is that within uh, uh, sports, when I looked at championship sports teams and failing sports teams, uh, one of the things that were common was the way that they did scouting and drafting. And, and, and the process actually changed the outcome of the season based on them getting good players. And it wasn't just talent, but it was, it was character, it was camaraderie, it was people that uh, behavioral, you know, it was way beyond just the skill level. You know, they also had to find a good match to put that team together mm-hmm. so that be, it behaved and performed well together. And that's what the Cubs had this year that was, uh, you know, sort of uh, unique to them. And, and Theo had brought that from Boston, which they had there, which he also won that World Series. So when right. you start looking at patterns, and back then we had studied the uh, – uh, I had access to the Chicago Bulls, the Blackhawks, uh, the Bears when they were good, uh, the <laughs> the Cubs when they well, were you don't, bad. Well, you, you don't want the data just when they're good. You want the data when they're bad too. Yeah, right, exactly, because there's evidence there, and, and you can see it by the players that last or once you bring them on, there's things. And so the scouts would do this whole vetting process of having an ideal profile, not just based on talent but based on characteristics. In fact, if if nobody's seen it, the, the movie Draft Day actually talks about that. They're like, there's that thing, that something. Everybody has that thing. You know, they're always looking for like the weak side and the strong side. And is that going to fit in our culture? Well, from a simplistic standpoint, what we did is we said, well, when uh, and, and we taught this way before social networks came out, but we would have people assemble a team because it would it would make it fun. We would say a team, okay, a team for what purpose? Though, to- yes, okay. So let's go into that. So it, whether it, and we dealt with a lot of uh, entrepreneurial uh, CEOs in the day, and CEOs that are entrepreneurial still have to sell and operate their company, and so it was like, well. What's the easiest way for a CEO to sell, spend the least amount of time, still generate sales, and keep his business running? Well, that comes from referrals, people referring business to you. So then we developed a system whereby which a CEO that wants to sell, or this this is really any sales professional, uh, wants to sell, they they generate a team. And, and so we have them form a team based on who do they currently know that would help them bring business, but they were also in a relationship with. It was a good relationship. There was trust. There was reciprocity. We could score the relationship. We came up with a scoring system. And so we would have them build their top five, and their team would be starters, just like starters on a baseball team. And these are external to their company. These are external to their company. These are well. You could have an internal uh, ally in your top five, but unless you're team selling or depending on the type of the company, it may or may not work out so okay. you know so the, have, just to get back to the beginning so this the purpose of the team is to be able to generate business through primarily referrals let's say right. uh, though it doesn't ex- necessarily exclusively have to be referrals right okay and and and, and, and also uh, have a level of relationship you know the things in common things that uh, beliefs maybe similar belief systems may you know uh, and, and that person would also have a network that would make sense for you to put them on your team and you could help them out there'd be reciprocity involved where you would help them and they would help you so so you know a team member is really a stronger relationship than maybe you know leads that you call or leads sure. that you follow up on right so it's like, you know, and what's interesting is when we start talking to people like this and, and we'll have them in workshops and, and we'll say, well, you know, who's your top five? And then we start drilling into it and they're like, 
man, I need a new lineup. You know, I need a new top five because we'll have them open their email and open their phone and say, well, who are you spending most of your time with? And and most people, like 92% of the people are actually spending the majority of their time with the wrong relationships to actually generate this high performing team around them. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. And so we called the next 10. So you have your top five starters and your next team, when the, <laughs> when the, when the, when the starters aren't performing, like in the, uh, I don't know who knows the bulls, you know, off the show here, but it's like when we had uh, these, actually, days, these days, no one knows the bulls. So. Yeah, right. Exactly. Thank you. That's Jim, my Jim, point. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. That's it. Yeah, right. So, but we had, you know, Derek Rose, who was, you know, supposed to be the, this now in New York, perform- right? Right. right. And now in New York. And so can, thank you for taking him. So now all of a sudden <laughs> we have Derek Rose. I'm a Warriors and, fan, by the way. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, cool. So that's a good person to be. A, that's a good team to be a fan of. So when 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 Derek Rose or any starter isn't performing, who backs those players up? Right. Who backs them up? Yeah. So conceptually, just make sure the listeners understand is 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 we're talking about a, a team that people that are are you know they're they're resources. I mean, but as you said, it's a reciprocal re- relationship that you're in. It, it's not like it's a you get together for coffee every every Monday. But these and are I'll pe- tell you, and I'll tell you the cycle too, the playing cycle. Sure, just because, but I mean, basically, this is this is people that you can tap that you've you've built the no like trust relationship with, even though you're not selling them anything, right. and you feel comfortable being both a referral source for them as well as they understand precisely what you want to do, so they can act as a referral source to you. Absolutely, absolutely, and we structure it so it's simple. So the top five are starters, and the and the next. 10 players are your bench. They're your bench players, right? So you always go to your bench if if the top players aren't performing. And then the uh, next top 25 on that list are the practice squad. You know, so you're, you know, you, you always have the practice squad or you have, you know, the deeper bench that you go to when uh, when you need more players. And so we structure a team of 40, you know, which is, which is the maximum amount of uh, people that we found over the our research over the decades of uh, that of relationships relationships that people can actually handle, you know, in terms of them, you know, just truly being in relationship at a at a level of authenticity that makes sense and makes sense for their destination or their championship, which is their sales or growing their business or, you know, we also use it for career. So as you begin to form this team, you have this initial current state team. It's really just organizing people that you think are the very best to step on the field with you and help you win. Are they aware they're doing this? Yeah, uh, the team members, yes, yeah. because so, we have the. So, what's we have the approach the, there? Yeah, so the approach is uh, it's a pure relationship approach. So, what we tell people is once they have their team assembled, we have them just connect to two of those people per day. Okay, so if you're on my team and it's a Tuesday, I'm I, and and you're up for me to talk to based on the rotation. I'm going to call you, and my goal with you is just to really. Um, have a social conversation and be in relationship and to catch up and see how the family's doing and how was the vacation that you took and really get into rapport and see if there's any way that I can, you know, help you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you need it, do you need anything? And then, and then, you know, and then you build that relationship and we have relationship scoring so that if you're a, you know, one, two, a zero, one, two, you know, you're, you want to get that relationship up to a three, four, and we have a, a peak level relationship at five, which means, you know what, whenever we pick up the phone, we, we, it's like we, it's, it's like we, no matter how long it's been, it's like we just talked the day before. We're like that connected. 
you know those people. You have friends sure. like that. So, so you're that connected. You're that wired. In fact, a lot of times those people just send you business without you even talking to them. You know, but the the goal is is that if if there's been a span of time and we have you cycle through those team members every twenty or thirty days or so, and at least talk to them once. When you get a three, four, or five, you begin to get to the level where you can log into social media and see who they're connected to and directly ask for referrals that you need instead of waiting for uh, them to bring them to you. Okay. So, so and, and, as, and as I do this more with you, you'll pick up a pattern of people that I'm looking for and you'll start sending to, to them to me automatically. And that's what we find. Okay. So, so I want to go back to the mechanics of assembling yep. your team though first. So because I, first things first, so you're you're going to say, okay, I, I want to start this whole process of, of building my social team. Right. And so I need to identify my top five. So what am right. I what am I looking for in my top to get my top five? Right. Well, you have a business, so I let's 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 play let's let's play with you. So you know you have a business, and you're looking to to always grow your business as we all are, and and so who you know around you, uh, whether you're looking for sponsorships for your show or you're looking for new clients, you know based on what your your outcome is mm-hmm. for how you're growing your business. You know who's the best person on your team? Who's your starter? You know who's your best player? And and you start with that person. You know when you think about it, and you're like, well, that person is great. They give me referrals all the time. I actually help them get business. We have a high level of trust. We know just about everything about each other, and we like each other because we have these things in common or these beliefs in common, and that's why we are so connected. Maybe it's through sports, maybe it's through family, maybe it's through, you know, other things that you have in, you know, social traits, character traits that you have in common. And so you have this, this person that's your number one player. And then we have you compare every player to that player and build a really strong starting lineup. And so what you're doing is you're profiling what an ideal player looks like. And we have a process in our, you know, in our coaching and training that we take people through that very process, you know, to do that. And it's, 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 it's simple because, you know, as long as that person is a high performing person on your team, and most people always have one, unless they're just starting out and we help them do that. Uh, you know, we go through their inventory of people and help them, you know, find the very best one. And now you start comparing people to that and you have a really good starting five lineup. And where people find the challenge is that they find that they don't have a lot of depth, sometimes not even enough to either round out the top five or mm-hmm. get to the top 10. Mm-hmm. And so then what we do is we take them into the scouting process, just like what the sports teams do. So you want to know what the scouting process well, is? Well, yeah, before we jump into that, though, is is so you've identified your top five is, is yep. you know, suddenly you're saying there's a, you, you specify a certain frequency of contact with them. Yep. So I sound like weekly, typically. Or no, 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 no. It would be every uh, twenty. Well, you have forty people ideally on your your team, so it'd be every twenty days or so. You know, if you're doing a five day week, you're cycling them through. 20 so everybody games. on the team, whether they're the top five or, or whatever, get the same number of contact. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. uh, right. And some and some are going to call call you, and you know you're going to have more frequent contact, which will bump them out in the rotation. Okay, I thought maybe since top five, you had generally greater expectations for them. You'd be in touch with them more frequently. And actually, what's interesting is you don't have to be with uh, in contact with them as much. I have some some of my top fives. Uh, send me so many referrals, or I, I send them so many referrals that we're in automatic contact with each other, and it just happens. It begins to happen. 
So it's, I guess then one of the real keys to the top five is that, that there's a high degree of complementarity between what you do. That you don't you know, minimize the overlap between what you do and what they do. Right. And we always we always elevate the fact of relationship because what happens with human nature is people, uh, as, as they grow, as they become successful, or if they're going through a, a period of scarcity where they don't have a lot of business, people turn transactional. And, and, you know, that means that they're just going for the transaction. So mm-hmm. it's like, I need referrals. I'm going to just start pounding the phones. You know, it's that type of mentality. And, and what we tell people is like, you can you can pound the phones. You can go for that level of mentality. But when you're contacting people on your team, you have it has to be about relationship and rapport first. Right. And okay. so 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 that's why we have that sacred space for those team members. And once you start even having a partially performing team, I was actually just with a client this morning. He's in commercial real estate, and he went from. 1.2 million in his commercial real estate pipeline because he was working on a bunch of other things in another side of his business to within like three months we're at 27 million we looked this morning we're at 27 million and he doesn't even he even doesn't even have his full team rounded out yet hmm. just just from re-engaging and connecting at a level of relationship and trust uh, people are bringing him business because he he fell out of contact with you know with his team his original team from years right. back right it's what no, we do. It's what yeah, no, it's absolutely what happens. I was thinking about that as you're talking. So let's get into scouting then. So, yeah, you, scouting you, is a fun. Yeah, scouting and drafting. We say every day is draft day. So you know, we just like that term. So, it's so we're scouting like, for yeah. new scouting for new team members. Yeah, scouting for new team members. So uh, do you go to networking events ever? Uh, Occasionally, not as much as I used to. Yeah, right. Not, not as much as you used to. But I mean, you know, let's say you're going to a networking event, or let's just say you're waiting. You know, you're at the, uh, you know, you're at the airport, or you're at a Starbucks, or you know, you're you're at the gym or whatever. And and we have you consciously connecting, is what we say. You know, we want you consciously connecting. So as you're you're, you're meeting new people, or maybe you're in a meeting and there's two other people you haven't met before, you're consciously connecting and scouting and comparing everybody to your top five players. It's that easy. So so as you meet somebody, you're really in the question as you're talking to them and meeting them. And it may take you a time to pull away, you know, and go look at their LinkedIn profile or their other social networks and say, could this be my next starter? And you're comparing everyone to your starting lineup. And once you consciously connect and do that, it is amazing the people that you discover. Because what will happen is people go to a networking event and they come back with like 10 business cards, like they hit the jackpot, like they won the lotto. You know, and 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 they're they're looking at them as a, and all they are is a pile of cards. There's no relationships in there. But have you considered who is the who's the one? Mm-hmm. We tell people when you go to a networking event, all we care about is who's the one, who's the next starter that came out of that that room. So we have them scout for starters. Now you can collect a bunch of cards, and that's marketing. You put that in your marketing database. Uh, if you want to do dials and, and do that in your dial rotation, that's cool too. But what we want you to do is we want you to scout for the one, mm-hmm. and then every single day you call two people out of your farm team. So you're scouting, you put them in the farm team, and, and you'd pick two people a day, and you look for relationships. Two people a day out of your farm team. That's out of the bottom twenty-five. 
No, yeah, it's it's actually beyond the bottom. Oh, it's beyond the twenty-five. Okay, so that's it's the practice team. So, yeah. Okay, got it. Go ahead. So you're recycling through your your forty players, right? Throughout a twenty-day period, two a day, two a day, two a day, two a day, and now all of a sudden you're going into this big database that we all collect. How many contacts do you have on your phone? I always ask this question. This is an interesting <laughs> answer to me. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> right, exactly. You have that many. And what's what's funny is we'll have people in a class and we'll say we'll we'll pick a number and we'll say, okay, scroll that many times in your contact database. Now, who on the screen is your next draft pick? You know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. what's funny is there's so many forgotten people in our phones and in our LinkedIn profiles and on our Facebook and Twitter. It's like there's right. so many forgotten relationships. That if we just focused on the next one, the next starter, we would have amazing conversations and amazing relationships and amazing results. Right. No, it's very interesting. I mean, you think about, um, you know, just give an example of, of your networking event. I mean, it's, it's, you read so much about, and I've interviewed numerous people on the show about networking and, you know, I've read obviously a bunch of books on it is, is, you know, people are always looking at that, the opportunity where what you're doing a social team is saying, yeah, we're taking broader view as we're looking at at who's really the opportunity for a longer period of time. It's not the one-off opportunity. It's who's going to be that person that that provides much broader opportunity than just a deal. Right, right. And and when you're not looking in- for the deal, you're looking for. The person. The leverage. The player. Right. Yeah, you're looking for the player. You're looking for the person that, that you want to spend time with. Because, the you know, if you think about it, we only have a limited amount of time in our life, in our week, in our day. So, so and there's so many wasted meetings. This used to be my pet peeve. I'm like, man, did I just burn up an hour of my life at that mm-hmm. cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you know? But it, had I done a little more consciously connecting with with the next one, the next starter potential. And then as I and then what I do is when I'm with that person or I'm talking, even talking to that person on the phone, I make a choice. Is there somebody that I can replace that's on my current team? And I will draft that person on my team and bump somebody else out to the farm team. That's what baseball players do. That's sure. what baseball teams sure. do. Right. That's what any team does. Oh, that's what uh, actually Madden was doing in, in the Cubs. He was sending people back down to the farm team and bringing another player up. He, yeah. only, had a, he only had a roster of 25, so he had to do that. The difference is, is you're not telling people you're kicking up to the farm team. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, what's funny is over the years I've done this, and like I said, I've done this. I did this even before social networking, and so we used to, you know, I've got all kinds of worksheets and, and cool tools that we give people, and so I'll call people like I haven't talked to in a couple of years, and I'm like, hey, are you taking me off the farm team? <laughs> are you putting me back on the lineup? <laughs> because suddenly they're calling you more frequently. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, right, and all of a sudden we're like talking and getting together and things like that. And so, uh, and and somebody even asked me yesterday. They texted me and they go, "Hey, it's time to get on the playing field again. You ready to go to go for coffee?" And I was like, well, and I okay. think one of the key things you're talking about, though, that that is is really relevant in this. I mean, lots of it relevant, but I mean, especially in this day and age, where we talk so much about social selling, where there tends to be this this part, or there tends to be this tendency on the part of younger professionals, I think, too. When they get into like LinkedIn, they look at everybody that's on LinkedIn as on their team, and oh, yeah. and so as you said, consciously connecting, you're really narrowing the scope consciously, which is is hard for people, right? It's like trying to say, it "Gosh, is. I really need to identify my niche market, and if I do that, 
I'm going to be excluding these potential prospects that potentially could be okay for my product, but in order to focus. And the focus is really essential to your success. And so what you're saying is we've taken that concept, you've taken that concept into the social world and say, yeah, there's a big universe and we see where these people are connected, but we're going to focus on these people. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what it is. And, and just think about next generation. So we're in the lab right now generating artificial intelligence and other things and behaviors based on and modeled after successful teams. Right. Just like the, you know, Boston. Well, actually, uh, I think it was Oakland created it and then Boston adopted it. And now the Cubs adopted it, you know, just use the baseball analogy. And so and so let's say you're uh, let's say you're going to school to be a computer engineer and you're like, I want to be a senior level engineer at Dell. Well, as we begin to collect patterns and characteristics of teams and people that are in the network, we can begin to profile who the ideal starters or the ideal teammates should be for almost any position or any type of sales role in any industry. As we collect data, massive amounts of data on social teams, we can begin to aggregate that and tell you. And and now, you know, we, we're already doing this in universities and schools for career. You know, we go in and we're, we're teaching people this stuff. But just imagine the cool part that if you wanted to, um, I don't know if you've ever done fantasy football or fantasy baseball mm-hmm. or anything yeah, else. But it's, but it's like, you know, you could, you could build your fantasy team, say, what if? I wanted to uh, own a chocolate factory. <laughs> you know, what would I have to do with my current network and who could get me there? Or whatever it is you want to change or you want to do. Mm-hmm. And when we have people that change careers or change sales products or change whatever, we're like, then you, you know, you want to consciously now take your current team and now go draft a new team out of that current team, you know, and start begin down that path and do the scouting and drafting process. And so it's, and now just think of that automated in the palm of your hand. So we're in the process of developing a mobile app with the artificial intelligence and a relationship engine so that you can begin to pick up on those patterns and it can learn as it goes and make recommendations for you throughout your social network. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. But right well, now, but right now it's all manual. You got to take the class, the, course, <laughs> the classes and training. So it's not quite built yet. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's so, coming. Right, it's coming. But even today, when you say it's manual compared to ten years ago, it's it's much better off. So, oh, well, yeah. good. Uh, now, Dean, we're at the last segment of the show. I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests, and the first one is a hypothetical scenario. And in the scenario, you, Dean, have just been hired as the VP of Sales by a company whose sales have stalled out, and CEO is anxious to hit the reset button, get things back on track. So. What two things could you do your first week on the job that have the biggest impact? I would say, uh, I would say, uh, be a good listener. I would say, be a good listener. I, I think you know that would be that would be the biggest thing. Make sure you're uh, make sure make sure you're a good listener, and make sure you take into consideration. Um, how you can help others around you. If you did those two things, if you did those two things, that would instantly help weave you into the culture or whatever you're walking into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, rapid fire questions. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. The first one is <laughs> when uh, you, Dean, are out selling your services, what's your most powerful sales attribute? Hmm. I would think, uh, for me, it's uh, rapport. It's rapport. Okay. Who's your sales role model? Ooh, man. You know what? Uh, Zig Ziglar. 
that works. Yeah, Zig Ziglar. Yeah, he uh, he inserts uh, he had, uh, you know humor, uh, authenticity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just genuine. I, I I've always liked his stuff. So. Okay, what's one book you think you recommend that every salesperson read? Uh, Selling the Invisible. Selling yep. the Invisible. Yep, I love that book. Yeah, I read that a long time ago. That was good. Uh, you remember, what author's name? Do you remember that? I know. I was just trying to think about that. He actually uh, passed away uh, uh, a few years ago, but um, oh my gosh, no, I don't remember the author. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that. It'll be on the, the show notes page. That's a great book, uh, short book. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're in a business where you sell anything that's sort of abstract, um, yeah, service anything, right? service like, anything. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. a lot of good stuff in there. Okay, uh, last question for you is: is uh, what music is on your playlist these days? Besides, go Cubs, go. Right, exactly. Well, I'm one of those people that has uh, really a variety. I have a I have a 14 year old daughter, 18 year old son, and my 18 year old son and I listen to a lot of classic rock, uh, even uh, rock and roll. So, and mm-hmm. I'm a percussionist, um, and so uh, I like simple, you know, rock like uh, anything ACDC, Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, any yeah, of the old stuff, uh, right? rock and roll. Yep. Yeah. And I even like uh, I even like current top 40 stuff as long as it has a good beat and uh, it's uh, it's decently clean. I, you know, I think a lot of today's music doesn't have a lot of <laughs> needs some cleansing, <laughs> but it's uh, you well, know hey, as our, long as it's our, yeah. your parents probably thought the same thing about ACDC. Yeah, I know. So. I was just thinking that as I was saying it. I think my dad used to say those exact yeah. same things. Uh oh, what goes around comes around, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And so, yeah, so I like, uh, yeah, I like good old fashioned rock and roll. And I even like some, uh, you know, a lot of the top 40s okay. that are just dance music. So. Good stuff. All right. Well, Dean, thanks for being on the show today. Tell folks how they can find out more about what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, I would say uh, I would say ideally just go to uh, socialjack.com and uh, you know there's uh, right now we're still allowing uh, free accounts and if you go in there you can actually uh, take samples of our social selling and social teaming classes you can even take sample certification classes in there and everybody walks away with something and uh, you know there's over 200 classes that you can access for free and we always want to welcome people to to go in there and if you if you learn something from us we want you to do two things we want you to uh, teach it to somebody else and we want you to come back for more and it's it's really that simple so i'd like to offer that well good well thanks very much for being on the show and uh, friends thank you for spending your time with us today remember to make it part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success and easy way to do that is join my conversations with top business experts like my guest today dean delisle who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business And if you enjoy Accelerate and the value we're delivering, then please take a quick minute right now to leave your feedback about this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you listen. It'd be very much appreciated. So thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.